We go to our Auburn Bank phone line. Our next guest needs no introduction. A good friend of the program. Been a little bit since we've had the opportunity to catch up with him. We're so excited to welcome in Jimmy Dykes of the SEC Network here into Sports Call on this Monday afternoon. Jimmy, we appreciate the time. How are you today? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? I can't complain. Things are going well for us uh, here on the plates. It's busy college baseball time, but we wanted to get a chance to talk a little hoops with you here on this Monday to, to kind of talk about this Auburn basketball program and the direction that they're going. Didn't get a whole lot of opportunities to catch up with you this past season, but a regular season title for the Auburn men's basketball program. What stood out to you about Auburn's run this past season, Jimmy? Yeah, it's hard to win a regular season title, and I place more value as an analyst on that title than I do a tournament title because you've proven yourself over you know, a period of eight or nine weeks, arguably in one of the most difficult conferences in the country. So you know, Auburn was terrific all regular season long, and I think I ended up winning, what, 28 games, I believe, and had a great, great year and did not finish the year. Uh, like I'm sure Auburn fans wanted to, or Bruce Pearl, or anybody associated with the program, the SEC overall didn't show up well in March Madness. You know, when you only get one of your teams, Arkansas, to that second weekend, that's 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 not the standard that they set for themselves. Sure. But, I mean, that league was so good all year long, and Auburn was terrific. They were again, they're they're hard to play against, and they're fun to watch as an analyst and. You know, that, that combination of Smith and Kessel was really something special. We won't see a combination like that for probably a long, long time again. Uh, any team in college basketball, you're talking about most likely the number one pick in the draft and another first-round guy playing side-by-side. Side. Those are, those are, that's the kind of talent that makes a year special, and Auburn certainly had one. Uh, you mentioned Jabari Smith. You also mentioned the potential of being the number one pick. Uh, what was it about Jabari and just his game that really stood out to you and made him so special? I think his ability to get his own shot off about any time he wanted to. You know, he he got better as the year went on, uh, doing stuff off the bounce. As early, that wasn't his strength. Uh, but he learned to, you know, get, a, get get away from pressure and drive the ball hard and affect the game more than just the beautiful jump shooter that he is. So, you know, I, I, it's, I, he's going to be right there. If he's not taking number one, he's going to be two or three. It probably really doesn't matter at the end of the day. But I know he's got all the potential and all the things you look for as an NBA scout to have a long-time NBA career. Those those guys are hard to find, man. It's, it's hard to play in that league 10 or 12 years at a high level like he's going to do and produce every game that he's on the floor. So uh, I think he's a special kid. I think he's very competitive. I, I saw him fight. I, I saw him have the toughness about him. Uh, you know, is, he, is his skill level completely finished? No, but nobody has come out of college. He's got to work on his ability still to drive the ball through contact and all that stuff is going to happen for him at the NBA. But his jump shot's as good as I've seen for a kid that size in a long, long, long time. It's hard to even find someone to compare him to in terms of his size and his ability to shoot it like he can. Jimmy, you touched on Jabari Smith. With him and Walker Kessler going to the NBA draft, uh, Auburn's got some holes to fill. Do you think that the new guys coming in will be able to replace enough of that production for uh, Auburn to compete in the league next year, or do you think that uh, Auburn basketball is going to slide a little bit? No, they're going to compete. I mean, as long as Bruce Pearl's there, they're going to be a factor in that SEC. Uh, but you mentioned you lose the number one pick in Walker Kessler, and you replace him with 
most likely Johnny Broom, who's a good player. I had him as a freshman at Moorhead State. He's a good player. Uh, and probably the freshman five-star kid, Trey Orr, however you say his last name. I'm not familiar with that yet, but I'm not sure you're, you're going to be able to replace Smith and Kessler. Uh, so what that means is those other guys got to come back better. Flanagan, Jasper, Green, Johnson, Williams, Cardwell. Those guys got to be better than they were a year ago. And that ultimately, that's what cost Auburn. You start looking at how they finished the season, not just their loss to Miami, but what happened to them late in the year in the SEC tournament. That guard play's got to get better. And I expect it will be. Those kids are tough kids, and they're hardworking kids, and they got a chip on their shoulder with something to prove. But you're going to offset the loss of, of uh, Kessler and Smith, not with two guys. It's going to be the other eight or nine guys that all that all get better and produce in, in games like they need to do. It's a really new team for the Auburn Tigers this past season. A lot of new pieces coming in. We mentioned Javari Smith and Walker Kessler, what they were able to do. Let's touch on a little bit more for Walker Kessler, Jimmy. Uh, glad that you're here with us on this program. Again, Jimmy Dykes, our guest here on this Monday edition of Sports Call. But to be the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, a terrific shot blocker, a good player around the rim offensively as well. Just really how impressed were you? Because what we saw from Kessler as a freshman playing for UNC was a little bit of a different player and didn't have as much of the playing opportunity there with the Tar Heels. Yeah, his role changed at Auburn, you know, and his his game fit perfectly with how Bruce wants to play. And the, the Broom kid's going to be good now defensively. I, I'm not going to say he's Walker Kessler, but uh, he's awfully good. You look at his block rate last year, I think it was top 10 in the country. And uh, that, that defensive position around that, around that rim with Broom and Cardwell, they're going to be fine there. Walker Kessler was so unique in terms of it wasn't just his ability to block shots, but he could really cover out on the floor and switch on ball screens, stay in front of the ball. He impacted that game in so many ways defensively, more than just a shot blocker. And his ability to his ability to run and stay involved in the flow of the game and, and Auburn very few times had to play four on five because he was trailing a play. Like he was a special kid. And that's those kind of guys are hard to find, and uh, not not everyone that puts their name in the transfer portal, it works out as seamlessly and as well as it did for Walker Kessler. But he used it to his advantage really, really well. He found the right fit. He got the right minutes. He got the right coach to believe in his style and what he wanted to be, and he certainly blossomed under Bruce Pearl for the eight or nine months that he was there at Auburn. Jimmy, you said um, you expect the guard play to really take a next step coming into the season. Who do you expect to really, um, you know, have an impact next season and really take that next step? Which guard or guards do you expect? Well, it's got to be all of them. You know, it can't. They, they all have to get better. And you can just kind of go through and look at their numbers or watch their game film. And you know, I'm not going to get into critiquing how every one of them needs to get better, but. But Flanagan, Jasper, Green, Johnson, all, all those guys have areas they need to improve, and they will. That's just the that's the general progression in college basketball guys that stay. They, they identify their weakness, and they, they go to work at it, you know. Uh, if not, then, like, that, I haven't seen the kid play, but the Donaldson kid they signed, a lot of good things I hear about him. Yeah, Tough high school quarterback. He's a winner. Uh, and that's another reason why you get better. Cause you got depth. You got guys that they can take your minutes if you're not producing. So, uh, but Bruce is such a good, such good with his staff in terms of 
player development and and getting just overall improving their game from one season to the next. But uh, if that guard plays not better than it was a year ago, Auburn's in trouble. They, they, they will be in trouble. They will have slippage in the SEC. Okay. If, if it is better with the guys they have coming in and the transfers, they'll be right there battling for the number one spot again. So, uh, you know, we're talking about these current players. Back when Bruce Pearl took this program over, I mean, this has been an Auburn program that was, you know, outside of a couple of years here and there, you know, under uh, Cliff Ellis back in 99, 98. It's just a program that has not been very good. Have you been surprised at all that Bruce Pearl has been able to put this team on the map to where they're camping out outside of the Auburn arena? You're bringing in five-star guys. You're getting transfers from other schools that are five-star dudes. And, I mean, it's kind of become a, a destination basketball program, it seems like. Uh, is this surprised you, like, how quickly that Bruce Pearl has built this program into national prominence? No, not not really, because I've known Bruce for a long time. You know, back right, when he was in Tennessee, he did the same thing there. Man, he injected energy and passion and pride into that fan base quickly. And, you know, you talk about Auburn's basketball history, not very good, but, you know, they are in a phenomenal league with phenomenal facilities, a great recruiting base within 200 miles of that campus, all the things were there for someone that knew what they were doing, like Bruce Pearl to come in and get it done. And he's as good as there is in the country and engaging with his fans on social media and the student section. He's just pushed all the right buttons. And as a result, you know, Auburn Arena, you could argue, is one of the most difficult places to play in all in all of college basketball, not just in the SEC, but that's all, that's all because of what the, the vision and uh, just the, the the stubbornness, I think, that Bruce works with every day in terms of he knows exactly what his program is supposed to look like. And he's relentless in getting into that spot as quickly as possible. Are there any stories from your broadcasting career, Jimmy, at Auburn Arena under Bruce Pearl's tenure that, that stand out to you that kind of speak to the atmosphere or the arena vibe that's been created? Because it does feel like this year it kind of went to a whole nother level when you did have the students camping out the way they were, when the program did reach a number one overall ranking in the country that had never been done before. Any stories or anything like that come to mind, Jimmy? No, it's just such a, a fan-friendly atmosphere Anytime you do a game there, I think it's maybe two. I think it was two years ago. I did the game LSU at Auburn, and it's just a ferocious comeback by Auburn in the last two or three minutes. I think to sent the game into overtime. Just one of those Javon McCormick, electric, yeah, yeah, electric atmosphere, man. That that stands out as I look back on my career. There's certain games that like, man, that that building was absolutely nuts, and that was one of them that stands out. So. Um, that, but that's just all the, the uh, again the the pride, the energy, the, the purpose that Auburn plays with on game day. I mean, you can you can feel it when they when they play, and not not every arena is like that. Like you can feel their team as a as someone just watching from the stands or on the right there at the court side, like I am. And that you get that you get that feeling going in your home home building. You're hard to beat. Auburn's got it going as well as anybody out there. Jimmy Dykes with the SEC Network joining us here on the program. A few more questions with Jimmy, always kind with his time. So, Jimmy, we take a look at this offseason for college basketball. Broom is coming in for the Auburn Tigers. Transfers really benefited from being able to play from Auburn uh, this past season. Saw something on ESPN a week or so ago looking at the total number of transfers that we've seen 
in college basketball this offseason, over 1,500, more than four times as much as there were a decade ago. I mean, what are your overall thoughts on the landscape of college basketball? Well, it's, it's, it's player-friendly right now. There's not a better time to be a college athlete than right now because the NIL and the immediate uh, eligibility with the transfer portal, everything's in the, in the student-athlete's favor right now. And that, you know, good for them. Uh, but I, I, it's too early to say that this is the best move and the best direction for college athletics overall. We, we don't know. I know that the job the coaches have now is incredibly difficult. And it's easy to sit outside the room and, and not be a coach that has to deal with every day and, and throw ideas around and, and, and criticize and weigh in on what the sport should do or what athletics should be like in the college level. It's another thing to have to have to manage it every day, like like Bruce has to do, and every coach in major college athletics has to has to work their way through it right now. So I I don't know if the transfer portal and the one time eligibility, which seems to be not just one time, it seems to be like any time you want to transfer now, you're immediately eligible. And the NIL, I I don't know if that's best for college athletics. No no one does. We can be we can be told that this is best overall, but we don't know that for sure. And only time is going to tell. Let's get you out of here with this. We've talked over the years a lot about your friendship uh, from the Arkansas days and roots uh, with former Auburn football head coach Gus Malzahn. Jimmy, how you feeling about Malzahn and those UCF Knights as, as they get set for the second year of his era there? Yeah, he, he fell into the right job at the right time again. I mean, they're getting ready to join the Big 12. And if you've been on that campus and you've seen UCF right now, the success they've had, uh, I mean, you talk about a, a, a job that could potentially jump up there and make a run at a college football playoff. Uh, I, I think he's sitting there getting ready to build it once again. I, I know he's really, uh, really re-energized uh, and joyful where he's at. Uh, I know he enjoyed his time in Auburn, but as you guys know, Auburn's, a, Auburn's not an easy place to coach. And uh, it's, you know, Gus, Gus had a Tremendous run there at Auburn, a lot of postseason success, more success against Nick Saban than I guess any other coach in the SEC during the time that they were there. But I know he's really happy at Central Florida. Just a phenomenal place to live, the weather, the recruiting, uh, all those things, man. He's uh, you, get, you get let go at Auburn and you land at UCF, and God's been good to you, and that's exactly yeah. what he was to, to, to Gus Malzahn. Well, Jimmy, listen, we certainly do appreciate all the time, as always. It's always a great feeling when we get the chance to catch up with you here on the radio show. Uh, best blessings to you and your family. And, again, thank you for the time today on the show. All right, guys. Have a good, have a good week.